0: I used to say, you have to wait till we finish the standard. You have to wait till all browsers shipped. But those things are done already. And it's it's there. It's just like, like the web is your oyster now. So I'm super, super happy and super pumped about what's coming. I'm uh, Diego Marcos, uh, main maintainer of AFrame, a uh, framework to develop VR experiences on the web. So anyone that has any web development knowledge, the idea is that they can pick it up and start developing uh, VR and AR content in the same way that they are used to develop uh, web applications. I used to work at Mozilla. I was part of the original team that started the web VR initiative at Mozilla. For those that don't know, um, what is called right now WebXR it used to be called WebVR. That was the first API and standard that that we developed at Mozilla. And when we released it, like other companies, that jumped in, in, in and joined the initiative, like Samsung and Microsoft and Oculus, and and the scope of the API grew and to incorporate also AR use cases. And then the name switched from WebVR to WebXR. That is is what we we talk about these days. Uh, is the WebXR initiative is is this set of APIs? that the browsers implement in order to, um, to add VR and AR capabilities to, to websites. Within that team, uh, I was um, working more on the front end and tools part of it. And, and A-Frame is, 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 it was one of those initiatives to enable and to empower all web developers out there to start developing AR and VR content.
1: Talk us through that year where web VR kind of came out of Mozilla. What was the initial feeling there and how did that progress to browsers? the time it was 2000,
0: early 2014, uh, I was working on Firefox OS. And if you remember Firefox OS was an operating system for smartphones that was built on, on web technologies, everything from, from the developer APIs to the front end of, of the browser, all the first party applications. I was part of uh, the mindset of, of that time. It was okay. So we have this cool stack of technologies and what other spaces we can actually apply the same philosophy of openness, not well gardens, like open ecosystems and, and standards, what, what other areas we can apply these technology stack. And at the time I was very interested in VR on my spare time. I had a very, a very first DK one, and I had a DK two, and one of the very first kind of vibe developer kits. And I was thinking on the side with VR and with a couple of colleagues, and uh, Jos Carpenter and Kevin No and and KCG. We had matching interests and and we decided to start prototypes and things and to sell the idea within Mozilla and uh, the idea got momentum and then we formed the team uh, to fully focus on, on VR. And one of the things that came out from that was the first draft of the VR API.
1: Firefox OS on smartphones, this idea of, of a OS that's built up from the ground for yep. web content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that this idea would seem like it would work quite well in the VR space. Do do you see that happening? Have you heard of anything in that sense of, of go away from this sort of install an app and have all these kind of fragmented systems into a headset that you boot into WebXR and you browse around and and open web?
0: So there's several, several kind of a school of thought in, in that space. One is that the, the web always has a space in any platform, uh, like it, it doesn't compete, but complements native. In the case of the web, is is very is very well suited for kind of bite size kind of content. That kind of content that you wouldn't actually um, would you would you have a hard time to convince someone to install an app, right? Because it's, it's like a fast consumption. Let's say you want to read a quick article about uh, uh, about something, and it has like a this article comes with some VR piece of content that illustrates the, the information. So you wouldn't install just an app to, to consume just one article, right? So the web is, 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 ideal for those use cases. You can just share that article via link. You just click a link and immediately without downloading anything, you are inside the experience, consuming that information. On the other hand, the Firefox OS approach was like more like a holistic approach. It's like, okay, like we have like these very cool of set standards and APIs and we could actually build uh, the whole system and platform using web technologies. And so far, we haven't seen that in the VR and AR space, Uh, but I think there's potential for someone uh, to offer a different approach to develop a headset that instead of building a new, yet another kind of closed ecosystem wall garden, they could approach building a headset based on pure standards and open technologies. The first approach, like, Web as complementing the native um, ecosystem is materializing already because in the Oculus Quest, we have an amazing browser. The Oculus browser, the Oculus Fox, are making a, an, an excellent job at, at pushing the web forward and and having like a top uh, implementation of the APIs and a top browser for people to access that content. The holistic approach, we haven't seen it yet, and I would love someone to to tackle it.
1: If we look at the VR ecosystem today, WebXR seems to still be stuck in that kind of bite-sized content showcase. Why do you think that is? And what do you think needs to happen until we start seeing some of the most popular VR experiences be built on WebXR?
0: That's, that's, a, that's a question that have a single answer. It's complex. First of all, WebXR is still very young. We've been talking for many years about it, but it, it was not till early 2020, that actual browsers started to ship the API, the final API. So it's still very, very young. And since VR and AR, VR in particular has been focused on games, there's a lot of inertia, a lot of momentum, and, and the industry is built on certain workflows and certain tools that people learn over the years. And when you develop for the web, it requires some retraining. People have to retrain and learn new tools and new patterns to develop content. The second thing is monetization. The, the gaming focus of VR also implies that the way to make money with a video game, which is you develop your video game, you put it on a store and you charge some money for, for that piece of content, doesn't apply as well on the web. If you see like the way that people make money on the web today, is either you have advertisement or you have some sort of subscription model that, that are not that common in, in the video game space. What I'm convinced is that it's not that technology problem anymore because we have the standard, the final standard, WebEx is shipping in browsers. So all the technology pieces out there is more of a problem of educating and, and for people to learn how to take advantage of, of the potential of the web. I think it's going to happen. But as always in technology, it's like things always take a bit longer, especially if you're an early adopter. And you, you feel, oh, I've been here for five years. But when you see things in at that global scale, people are starting to learn. And most of people are still are get, getting surprised that you can actually consume web, uh, VR and AR content through the browser.
1: Are, most people are still not aware of it. That monetization issue is something we've we've certainly heard from a lot of developers when asking them yep. you know, their thoughts on this. Do you think the web payments api is going to change that what i've always been sort of wondering and hoping for is that we'd see the oculus browser adapt that api such that you know if i go to purchase something in the oculus browser mm. it'll bring up that same pin code as when i'm purchasing mm. a native app
0: yeah yeah they're in a position actually to actually solve it because they have they have both control of the platform underneath and also the browser they could tie it both both ends um i guess in those ecosystems like like Android or, or iOS or Oculus Quest, there's always this tension between native and, and web. What what cases should prioritize the web over native or the other way around? And I imagine there's tons of internal discussions uh,
1: around it. It kind of feels like there's a lot of parallels to when modern smartphones launched. And, you know, at the start of the iPhone, you had this native SDK and there was kind of lip service to support for web apps, but often Apple prioritized bringing features to native first and kind of made web apps second class citizens. Do do you worry that Facebook will go down the same path and that they have a financial disincentive to to make the web work when they're making all this money from the native store?
0: Well, those are my guess. I I don't have any internal knowledge, but for example, Apple, the roots are full control of everything, right? From, from the bottom to the top, like from the hardware to the, to the software. Um, and for them, like the web feels like something foreign, right? They, they don't speak the web language, but I have high hopes about Facebook because Facebook is the epitome of, of web success, right? So Facebook is truly understands it has uh, the web in its DNA, right? And, and hopefully they, they will, they will be able to figure out and, Introspect oh actually the web is awesome right <laughs>
1: do you think webxr needs unity and unreal to add webxr export or do you think that the existing web development tools are sufficient that they can create this ecosystem without support of these big engines
0: people that are involved in in native development with unity and unreal those people are in their own kind of bubble and they don't care that much about the web it's mostly people that are already on the web that see the potential of those, in those new technologies like WebGL and WebVR and say, okay, so I'm doing like 2D applications and now ha- I have this whole new world for me to, to create new stuff Right? it was not possible before. And this is our goal with A-Frame. With, with A-Frame, was, the goal was not that much as convincing people that do native to come to the web. But enabling people that are already on the web, know the value of the web and know how to use the web, enabling these people to create VR and AR content. The support of, of native, assisting native engines, uh, that would be super welcome. And that would be very easy for some people that don't participate in the web to enter the space, but I don't think is required.
1: Can, can you talk about both from a development perspective and from an end user perspective? some of the advantages for VR apps that are on the web rather than native apps
0: the advantage of the web is immediacy right you can just share uh, a piece of content via link and you click and immediately you are consuming that piece of content that's an advantage of from from the user point of view that immediacy and and not having to install uh, the content in order to consume it are from from the developer point of view is that full control of your own work so you don't have to ask for permission, you have to pass uh, a curation process or, or or an approval process to to get your your application out there, and you can just publish and based on on its own merit, uh, users will tell if, if your content is good or not, and that's really good. That's really needed because we don't know yet what what's the killer app of VR and AR. Oculus doesn't know. Like people that they create the store, they don't know. I don't know. Right, when 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 the web was born, we didn't know. Nobody anticipated Twitter or Facebook or anything. It's like we need like as many people as possible developing stuff, trying out ideas, and 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 see what happens. Also, from 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 the point of view of um of the developers, you don't have like a pathway, as I mentioned before, to make money. That's the that's the downside. But on the upside is that. Is your business. So nobody's going to take 30% or 20% or 15% of your revenue and, and things that will last forever. Right. So you can, you, you today, you can, you can visit websites that they were made in the nineties and still work. Right. If I publish an application today on iOS in three years, if I don't update that application, uh, it's not going to work anymore. So there, there's, it has this, this, um, property of, of archival, right. It's, because standards, want, web standards, once once they ship, the, the browsers, they don't remove APIs. So anything that works today is
1: going to work in 10 years. That's a really great point because, you know, we've already seen so many in, in the industry notice that yep. this Oculus Go and Gear VR and Daydream content yeah. has kind of mm-hmm. already lost the history, and that was only just, just a few years yeah. ago. What may make WebXR the preferred way to make VR apps is that you have this kind of separation of the content and the engine in a way and that the -hmm. browser is the engine that is continuously a living thing if someone releases a VR app today that's a native app they're using the version of Unity or Unreal that was in their day and 10 years later it's going to be you know the fundamental technology of it will be outdated
0: even experiments I was doing like in 2014 or whatever it's like I just can just grab the code and, 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 and obviously we, there was a bit of churn because we had WebVR, it was, still, it was not still standard, but with a few tweaks here and there, I can make it work in, in an afternoon. Um, so it has, it has a ton of value.
1: You know, you talked about one of the big challenges here being bringing developers on board. What do you yeah. think is missing in the current web and Web XR development ecosystem. What tools or frameworks or ideas or, or tutorials even do you think are the are the missing pieces that we really need to move into the next phase of the web XR ecosystem? That's a good question.
0: I mean we are trying to with A-Frame, we, we are trying to solve that issue. Uh so the, the particular issue we care about is what I what I was mentioning. It's like there's millions of web developers out there that They don't have the skill sets or are not even aware that they can develop AR and VR content. And our goal is to educate and provide tools to these people that resonate with their workflow. Like we, we, our background is also as web developers. So we understand that mindset. We understand those, those ways of doing things and, and, and it's much needed if we want to this space to flourish we need to onboard as many web developers as possible. So we need, we need more and more tools that resonate with them. Not trying to convince as much, as I mentioned, like native developers, because they already have a workflow that works for them and they love their tools and those are amazing. It's, it's a matter of like enabling existing people that already love the web that are not aware or don't know uh, how to develop VR and AR content. If we only convince like 5% of that
1: uh, audience of millions of developers, the, the space will will bloom. In the longer term, do you not think that native developers could be brought in too as the advantages of this decoupling of the engine and the content is becomes more apparent over time? Because I, I don't think the general audience are going to enjoy downloading apps to join their friends in an experience. And I think if, if people can deliver these kind of rich experiences where getting to your friend in an entirely different experience is just Mm. one tap Mm -hmm. away. Do Mm -hmm. do you see that displacing native engines in the long term? Indeed. There's, there's the
0: potential to display native engines. I would love to native developers to come to the web. It was like a more practical way of approaching because it's much, it's much easier. Okay. With a frame, I go and talk to a web developer It's like, Oh, you, you like to use um, um, Node.js or, um, or Webpack or, or React or, or, or Angular. You like all those tools, right? So I can give you uh, an engine to develop VR and AR content that it can integrate with, with the tools that you already know, right? It's a, it's a much easier path to onboard those people versus going to the native developers and say, okay, leave all your tool set on the side. I'm going to teach you this all new thing. It's a much harder task to convince native developers, but eventually, if uh, if Web flourishes, right, they will see that the value of it will become uh, obvious for them. It's like, oh, there's there's tons of people developing cool content, and there's a lot of people uh, looking for content on the web. So I just want to participate as well, and, and and I'm convinced they will see the value uh, as we as we make progress
1: over time. Do you see a frame kind of focusing in on these core, just above WebXR level in the stack functionality? Mm. Or do you see higher level things over time that do more and more for the developer in A-Frame?
0: Yeah, I think that we need both. We see like less and less, but at the beginning, most of the web developers jumping into AR, they wanted to do video and 360 photos, right? That was the main use case. And they were demanding like, oh, all, all I want to do is do like a tour. Of, of 360 video or, or pictures. And for these people, it would have been very convenient to have this high-level tool, kind of visually kind of, oh, I have all these 360 pictures and I can put them together and link those pictures uh, in this way and add uh, a little bit of text here and there and have this le- high-level tool for them to build those tools would have been like very, uh, very useful and convenient for them. It's a bit premature because the, those categories of content are still not super defined in VR. Like sometimes the, the value of the experience is in the nuances of the interaction model. In, in those cases, you want to have a lot of control. And to have a lot of, co- of control, you need tools that allow you to customize those interactions in a very l- detailed way. So you will need also like uh, those category of low-level tools that, that allow you like to open the box and, and customize the, the way, uh, the way you want with A-frame, we're trying to tack to tackle this middle ground. So it's very approachable. Uh, you can get something going in a minute, like put like a 360 video or a 360 panorama, you can do it in a minute and you can publish that in a minute and share it with your friends via Twitter on a simple link. But at the same time, you can actually open the box and look inside
1: and, and deepen your knowledge. Did you see that kind of ability to modify and change and uh, bring you know all these different frameworks together being a really important in WebXR's future? So I I learned how to
0: develop and to program using the web, and we I think most of the people we, we started in the same way right? You see a website you like, say and you you wonder, oh how, how this is made. And in the web, you always had the ability to open the developer tools that come with the built-in with the browser, and oh, this is a CSS property that changes the color of this button, and you can also inspect the JavaScript and figure things out a little bit how things are built. And there's a lot of value on 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 learning from others, and you have some ability to to access the the insights and learn how 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 it's built. It's not a black box as 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 an engine can can be.
1: How important do you think it is that you know? Any WebXR application by its nature has access to the existing web of 2D content. We always hear people kind of wondering, where is the metaverse? When will we get the metaverse? And there's this kind of core assumption that it's going to be this native app that kind of provides everything in one but oh, yeah. isn't it arguable that the web already is this and that the metaverse will simply be the extension of the web into this these new platforms and that and as long as you yeah. had multitasking in a web XR environment where i can bring up you know a, a 2D browser tab here and you know have yeah. discord here and isn't that the metaverse do, do you see that as the metaverse in itself
0: the web is already meta the metaverse we just have to make it 3d this is what you used to, to say on Mozilla. Yeah, the, the web is, if you see like VR and AR is another kind of, of media, right? And the web already does text, that does images, uh, does video. It can do audio. And now it can do also VR and AR. So yeah, it's, it's a multimedia um, environment. And and it's, it's up to the browser a little bit. This is when we started Super Medium, um, the company that was our goal is okay, like we have 2D browsers. Uh, it's, it's clear what a 2D browser is. Is We settle on, on those UI patterns. So we have a window with a URL bar on the top uh, and maybe some tabs um, and you can switch between different open websites. But we don't know if that pattern translates to VR and if we kind of get rid of the frame on the window, how can we access the web and different... Pieces of the web um, in VR and, and AR. We haven't discovered how it's going to happen, but yeah, what you were saying is like the technology is so there. It's it's already there. It's a matter of someone to put those pieces together in a way that makes sense. And and I think like native applications, they will have a much harder time to replicate all that functionality because they they will have to reinvent the wheel, right? They will have to figure out all the things that the web has figured out already over 30 years, they will have to reinvent. And not only reinvent those pieces, but also convince developers and content producers to adopt this new way of doing things and convince them that it's better than, than the
1: actual web. In the web XR experiences I've tried, performance is equal to native apps, but there is this kind of perception out there that WebXR yeah. is still slow. How, how do, how do you fight that perception and and what do you think the path forward there is to get sort of consumer and developer trust in the performance of the web?
0: We've been at Mozilla. We always struggle with that kind of perception that in, in, in many cases is, is a myth. It's kind of like once the, the opinion has settled in people's head is, is, is very hard to, to, to convince them otherwise, to change their minds. There's there's tons of metrics and and statistics and and and, and profiling of browsers and applications showing them all oh, actually works, but at some point it's like we decide okay we we are wasting our time. The better way to convince people is to show. If if you're able to show a piece of content that performs well and users enjoy. That's like undeniable, right? That was that was our goal with Moonrider. Try to get the most beloved piece of content out there, which is BeatSaver. And we are trying to replicate this piece of content built on web technologies, just as a proof, as a tangible proof that the web is ready to deliver compelling content if you are willing to put some time to profile, to to tune the performance in the same way that that you see, uh, in the apps that are published on the store, you, you don't see, you don't see the experimentations that people do on native, right? Because they are very hard to share, right? Those are hidden. So you don't see all the things that don't perform. You don't see the things that are full of bugs, but because people don't share them, but those things are exposed on the web because as soon as you feel some pride of something, something you made, you're going to tweet about it and people are going to click on it and they are going to see Moon Rider. It's been out there for 18 months and it's, it has like three, four thousand of, of daily active users and more than 16 minutes of average session, and, and people love it and people use it.
1: What are your thoughts on the future of WebXR, A-frame, and the entire web ecosystem going into the spatial computing age?
0: I'm super excited. A couple of years ago, I was getting a bit impatient because it seems like It was like, we started the first version of the standard in 2014 and we were kind of late 2019 and I was thinking, oh, it's been five years and the standard has not yet shipped. I was kind of getting a bit antsy, but once the standard shipped, it's like everything fell into place. It's like, we have the standard, we saw like Quest... And on the Oculus Fox that are doing an amazing job with their browser also shipping the new standard and everything kind of clicked and you see like new, new upcoming headsets that like magic leap also had, had a very nice, good effort trying to push the web to develop content. You have the HoloLens Fox doing an excellent job also incorporating like the WebXR APIs in, in their browser everything is, is kind of like, it's clicking right now. And it's a matter of, of volume. It's like, as, as, as more headsets and devices get released and as more it, people get on board using VR and AR headsets, I think that the web is ready. It's just there. It's just waiting for someone uh, to, to take advantage of it and, and for the potential to, to manifest for everybody. So it's like, I'm, I'm super, super optimistic. And, and this only happened like like since 12, 15 months ago. Um, because I truly think that, I used to say, you have to wait till we finish the standard. You have to wait till all browsers shipped. But those things are done already. It's, and it's, it's there. It's just like, it's like the web is your oyster now. So I'm, I'm super, super happy and super pumped about what's coming. Now the next, the next frontier is AR and like the, the Google Fox, they are doing an excellent job at at incorporating, uh, um, AR features into the WebXR standard. And we start some initial moves and some interest, uh, um, from Apple in the, in the standard and also some rumors that, that maybe they may might enter the space. And I'm super, super pumped about
1: what's going to happen there too. Do you think. The industry needs Apple to really support WebXR in full, or or do you think it's fine if if Apple remains with its kind of stance of native first under our control? I mean, I think Apple entering the space is going to grow the
0: pie, like both for native and the web, right? It's, it's going to make people to really take seriously AR and VR. It's going to raise all the boats, right? Like both native and and web, and and for the, those companies that are invested or are investing in vr and web vr right now but are still kind of hesitant it's like okay it's more like an experiment i still kind of justify like going full on of it. once apple apple enters the space and 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 matures the industry uh, i think the web is gonna is gonna flourish with it regardless of how seriously apple takes it people criticize a, a lot about how apple approaches the web but when I'm mostly a Windows user, but when I'm using Mac, I'm always surprised how good Safari on desktop is compared to alternatives. Right? You you can you cannot claim that that Apple doesn't care about the web. They kind of always take like kind of different paths or kind of deep put the the web on a second plane because the way they make money doesn't align that much with the web, but eventually they always come around and, and they put something out there that is really, really good.
1: Diego, it's been an honor to have you in the studio. The future of WebXR seems bright.
0: I'm, I'm very, very excited.